happening today. Nikki Haley continues a multi-day swing through her home state of South Carolina. The former South Carolina governor will host a rally in Lancaster tonight in just about three weeks until the South Carolina Republican primary. She talked to CNN yesterday as she sharpens her attacks against Donald Trump and President Biden. The reality is 70% of Americans don't want to see a Biden-Trump rematch. I mean, that's just a fact. The fact that we would have two 80-year-old candidates running for president is absurd. We've got a country in disarray and a world on fire. We need someone who can work eight years to get our country back on track. Two guys in their 80s, they are automatically going to be in mental decline. That's just a fact. Get ready to spend more campaign dollars on legal fees because those court cases have just started. He's got two in March and they go out for the rest of the year. It is unconscionable to me that a candidate would spend $50 million in legal fees. It explains why he's not doing many rallies. He doesn't have the money to do it. Carol Lewis and Doug High are back with us now. Doug, the message is undeniably sharper. Mm -hmm. She seems much looser yeah. and more comfortable. I mean, she's mm -hmm. always been a good candidate, but more comfortable in what she's doing right now. Um, she still has a ton of ground to make up. When you talk to Republicans, do they see something here? Is something happening here? She has a ton of ground to make up in her home state. I right. think that's part of the big challenge for her is what those numbers are ultimately going to be. She's probably not going to win that state. What I hear so often from Republicans who um, either work at the RNC, which still is um, a neutral place. Uh, there was some question about that. Um, in theory, at least. Um, no, the neutrality rule 11 is a big deal. We won't nerd out on that. Um, they see a message that works. And their concern is, if Donald Trump is the nominee, most likely to be, that messaging works regardless. Because you know, we, we focus so much on Donald Trump's or on Joe Biden's age for obvious reasons. Donald Trump's not that far behind. And both of them are at an age where you age a lot faster in roles where you also age a lot faster. And so they're concerned about this. Yeah, Trump's up in this poll. Biden might be up in this state in that poll. Uh, they see a neck and neck race where either candidate could lose to either candidate. I want to get your take on some of what we heard from Roberta Kaplan, E. Jean Carroll's attorney. So she sat down with George Conway for his podcast yesterday. And I just want to play some of this so that you hear it first. Then we'll discuss. She's talking about some of her interactions with the former president. He looks at me from across the table and he says, see you next Tuesday. You could tell that it was like it was like a kind of a joke again, like teenage boys would come up with. And my colleagues are like, Robbie, do you know what that means? And I'm like, no, what are you talking about? They tell me, and I'm like, oh, my God, thank God I didn't know, because had I known, I, I for sure would have gotten angry. But we have a, a court reporter, we have a videographer. They're entitled to a lunch break. You're here in Mar-a-Lago. What do you think you're going to do for lunch? Where are you going to get lunch? And so I said to him, well, you know, I, I raised this question with your attorneys yesterday, sir, and they graciously offered to provide us with lunch, at which point there was a huge pile of documents, exhibits sitting in front of him, and he took the pile and he just threw it across the table. I, don't, I mean, I see sort of smiling, laughing. I don't know that any of that is all that surprising. Right. Right? right. But it is fascinating to see sort of like pull the curtain back and see what happens in the deposition versus what you see in non-deposition times. Not a yeah. lot of daylight. So there you go. Uh, look, you know what you're getting. Robbie Kaplan seems to have hacked Donald Trump. She's gotten under his skin. Um, she's, she proved it in court over and over again. This is, I think, sort of more evidence that she figured out how to be exactly the kind of woman that drives Donald Trump crazy. We saw some of this with Hillary Clinton back in 2016. Gets under his skin, you know, and she knows how to sort of twist the knife a little bit, and he completely loses control. Now, what does that mean, uh, politically speaking? 
it doesn't tell us anything we didn't already know. He doesn't like powerful women. He doesn't like to be challenged. He doesn't like uh, really to, to have to sort of abide by the rules that the legal profession and other kind of uh, esteemed institutions have normally operated by. And so he throws a tantrum. That's what he does. He's throwing a large tantrum in public from the podium. That's essentially the core of his campaign. Doug, Erica and I subscribe to a purity in language, right? Mm -hmm. We don't swear. Never. Um, I certainly we, we, never. Profanity is deeply never. offensive to me. <laughs> Which is why this moment and the pause right before it stood out to me from the president. Watch. He laughed about it. What a sick... <laughs> My God. It was funny, and everybody laughed. West Wing Playbook over Politico uh, made the point, did some reporting, made the point that he finishes that sentence yeah. behind closed doors, which if you've covered the president and you talk to his team, you know he swears, yeah. just like Donald Trump swears, just like you don't swear. Never. Um, and so that's not surprising. But I think what's interesting is that's one of those moments where he connects with people by being a normal human being, mm -hmm. kind of off script Joe Biden that we knew when yeah. he was in the Senate or when he was vice president. Does he need to do more of that? You know, over, not swear, but overwhelmingly, like, the political bosses I've had did not swear, uh, made life a little bit easier. But I think it, it also shows, yes, that that language works now. And it works because of Donald Trump. You know, the first time Donald Trump said a bad word, everybody was aghast. And what we saw was very quickly the head of the DNC, uh, Senator Gillibrand, they started dropping F bombs as well. Was it presidential or senatorial? No, but it works. It's something that is generational. Young people just, mm -hmm. they use language just very, very differently without any sense of decorum. They don't think they're doing anything wrong. It's not to be transgressive. It's not to make a point. It's simply how they talk. Uh, language evolves and the rest of us are gonna have to catch up. I, I do wanna point one thing out though. Like what it is, probably more than the language or joking about whatever it is or isn't, Joe Biden loathes Donald Trump. It is personal. Mm -hmm. It is not because he doesn't like the man. It is because of what he represents. Like, that is a viscerally held view, and it comes out behind closed doors, and I think you'll probably see more of it. But I, that, more than anything else, everybody laughed, and it was, it, it was off the cuff, but that was real. It also shows a vigor that we often say that Joe Biden doesn't have in his advanced years. It's a good point. So does he need to bring more of that? I know we're out of time. But does he need to bring more of that out? Not just the language, not just being a little bit more familiar, but being a, perhaps a little bit more transparent. Transparent about how and animated. He, and yeah. it, it's, a, it's sort of a casual, uh, informal way of, of yeah. trying to disqualify Trump, say that this man is just unfit for office. Thanks, guys. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you.